Hello everyone, my name is Sky Menhart and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with bipolar disorder, mental health tips, and more. This podcast is designed for anyone who is interested in learning about the highs and lows of bipolar disorder and ways to cope with mental illness. I'm starting off this podcast by speaking about what bipolar disorder is and the experience of my first manic episode. So, let's begin. What is bipolar disorder? I just want to give a quick disclaimer that there are two main types of bipolar disorder that I will be referring to throughout the duration of this podcast. Um, I also want to say that my advice and my opinion should not be taken over your medical professional's opinion, so please consult your doctor before you diagnose yourself. Bipolar disorder is an illness that requires a medical diagnosis. It is a disorder that is associated with episodes of mood swings ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. This is a chronic illness and it cannot be cured. It can be triggered by genetics, drug or alcohol use, a traumatic event, or periods of high stress. So there are two main types that I'll be speaking about. I have type 1 and Type 1 is when you've had at least one manic episode that affects your ability to function in your everyday life. Type 2 is when you've had at least one hypomanic episode followed by a period of depression. This type is more common. So manic episodes look different for different people. And maybe by now you're wondering, well, Sky, what is a manic episode? So mania is a mental illness or a period of mental illness that is marked by great excitement or euphoria, delusions, and overactivity. This can lead to psychosis in some cases. Hypomania is a mild form of mania marked by elation and hyperactivity. Hypomania is like fun, it's very pleasurable, and full mania, like I said, can lead to psychosis, so it's not as fun. So, as I said earlier, I would like to begin my podcast by telling the story of my first manic episode. So, I guess this all begins when I was about 17 years old. Um, I had been experiencing depression for a long time, since I was about 11, and when I became you know, old enough to go to high school. I was in boarding school and I was experiencing a lot of hypomania. So I was really breaking all the rules. I was doing destructive things. I was not behaving in a normal way. And this led to me during my senior year being kicked out of the high school before graduation happened. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional about it. Sorry, guys. So I was very erratic. I was hyperactive and I was extremely happy, which was such a contrast to the depression I had been feeling for years prior. So after I got kicked out of high school, I came home and it was summertime. I was having so much fun. I met this really cute guy and we were hitting it off. I was kind of falling in love with him, you know, your first love. So I was having a good time. And in July, this was about 2015, so I was 17 in 2015, I'm 22 now, and it was July. My family, every year up until that point, (laughs) they had gone on a beach trip, so we were going to the beach, and 
My whole mom's side of the family was there and we were having a great time. But while we were at the beach, something very traumatic happened with one of our family friends. I'm not going to go into details for the sake of the privacy of those individuals, but it was a very traumatic event and it really affected me. So this kind of set off my mania. I could not stop thinking about what had happened. I was experiencing major anxiety. I was unable to sleep. And by the time I got home, I was full-blown manic. But I have to admit, this was all new to me then. I had never experienced anything like this. And so I was totally out of control and I was unaware of what was going on. Um, As I became manic, I did a few destructive things. Some of them include drinking Red Bull energy, five-hour energy, while I was already wired from not sleeping for a few days, and I was having major anxiety, but I just wanted to feel it to the fullest extent. These are things you do when you're manic. You are very um, out of control, and you can do some really stupid things, to be honest. So I was <laughs> I was wired on five-hour energy and Red Bull, and I ended up running through the woods naked. I ended up breaking into my ex-boyfriend's house. There were a lot of things that happened that day we got back from the beach. So my mom ended up finding me, or my dad ended up finding me in the woods, and he was like, Sky, we've got to get you to the hospital. So my mother and my aunt were driving me to the hospital. Um, here's a little side note about hospitals and mental health and psychosis, all this stuff. Oftentimes, I was a minor at the time, so there's not always a psych ward for minors available. And I live out in the country, so there wasn't any psych ward for minors available near where I lived. So we had to drive a few hours away. And on the drive, we were driving in my brother's truck. Um, I began to have a horrible panic attack. And obviously, you can tell this was probably from all the Red Bull and the five-hour energy and the mania and not having slept for for a few days. You know, it had all compiled into one horrible panic attack. So we're in the car. My mom had called the ambulance, but I wasn't aware of this. And we were parked in Taco Bell waiting for them to come. I was screaming at my mom, telling her I couldn't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And I felt like at that time, I felt like my mom and my aunt were like plotting against me because another great thing that comes along with mania is paranoia. So I was paranoid that they were like trying to kill me and they wanted me to die from this panic attack and that's why they weren't calling the ambulance, which was totally untrue because they had already called the ambulance. But I didn't know this. So... In my rush of panic and mania, I actually kicked out the side window of my brother's truck and I jumped out of the truck. And the next thing I remember, I was being strapped down into a bed in the ambulance. So that was like a really crazy experience. And so they took me to a hospital nearby. And I just remember being in the emergency room. My family wasn't allowed to come in for some reason because I think they're very protective over minors in these kind of situations. They want to make sure that your family's not harming you or you're being abused, you know, those kind of things. So my family couldn't come in to see me and I was in the hospital bed and I was I was ripping up magazines. I was just in full-blown destruction mode. And it was really scary for me. I was still having a lot of panic and anxiety, and I was feeling horrible. So 
next thing I know, they were like giving me, I think they gave me Haldol. Haldol is a very heavy sedative that is often used in psych wards, in psych hospitals to sedate patients and it kind of instantly knocks you out. It was pretty sweet for me then because I hadn't slept in a few days, so it's kind of just what I needed. So they shot me with the Haldol, (laughs) and the next thing I know, I'm waking up in a bed in a room, and there are about 45 paper airplanes all on the floor. So apparently what had happened is the Haldol didn't kick in right away, and I had had enough energy to make 45 paper airplanes while I was trying to go to sleep and waiting for the Haldol to kick in. So when I woke up the next morning, I had no recollection of this because one of the interesting things about mania is that it does damage your brain. Psychosis is damaging to your brain. And I had totally forgotten what had happened the night before. Also, I think sometimes when you go through a really traumatic event, your brain kind of can forget things. And this was very traumatic for me. So I woke up and I was in the psych ward and it was an interesting experience. The psych ward is always such an interesting place. And I can say this from a lot of experience because I've been hospitalized, I believe, nine times due to manic either a manic episode or a suicide attempt. So I've been in the psych ward quite a bit. And if there's anything I could tell you, it's like... I don't know how to describe it. I've never been to prison, so I'm not going to compare it to prison, but you're stuck. You can't leave. You're required to take medication. Um, It's just a really interesting experience. You meet a lot of interesting people. So I stayed in that psych ward for about two weeks, I want to say, and they put me on medication and it was helping me, but I was still experiencing symptoms of mania. I had been able to sleep. I was on a better schedule. But by the time I got home, I was still a little manic. And my mom, who had never had an experience like this before, this was all new to her as well, she thought that I was still manic. And so she and my aunt, my other aunt, I have a lot of aunts, they decided to take me to a hospital in D.C. So, well, not D.C., in Rockville, Maryland. If you're from Rockville, you probably know which hospital I'm talking about. Um, And it's not in the best area, but I mean, we can't choose these kind of things. So I really didn't want to go to this hospital, but by the time I got there, I was really still manic, and so it was probably good that I was there. So they had a better psych ward, and they had more resources for what I was going through at the time. So I was admitted into that psych ward. Mind you, this is only like a day after I had just gotten out of the other psych ward. And it just feels like you're trapped. It feels like you're being forced to do something you don't want to do and you have no choice in the matter. So when I got to this psych ward, things were a little different. It was more of an intense experience. Because when you get there, they make you strip down. They check your body for bruises. They want to make sure you're not being abused or anything. And it was very weird for me. You know, I'm a 17-year-old girl. I'm self-conscious. And I had to strip down in front of this woman I didn't know, show her all my body, and, you know, have her look at me. It was kind of a weird experience. And so then I still wasn't sleeping. 
But one thing I remember, the first night I was there, there was this guy, and I eventually became his friend, but this psych ward was set up where it was one long hallway, there were a few rooms off the hallway, and then down the hall there were different rooms where everybody stayed, so the guys stayed on one side and the girls stayed on the other, and this was Um, Since I was 17, this was like an adolescent ward. So there were kids from the ages of, I want to say, 13 to 17 or 12 to 17. I'm not, no, not 12, 13 to 17. So I had a roommate in this, in this particular psych ward and she was trying to sleep, but I was full blown manic. I was having a good time. I was jumping on the bed. I was like telling jokes. I was underneath the desk. She was like very entertained by me, but it was unfortunate because the woman who had looked at my body and you know checked for bruises she was like in charge that night she was the tech on call or whatever and she came in and she was she set me straight she was like you better go to bed because we can't deal with you right now so another thing about the psych ward is that whenever you're admitted even if you're on a certain medication they cannot give it to you until you've been approved to take that medication by a doctor Sometimes the doctor doesn't come to the psych ward every day, so you won't be able to get your medication until the doctor comes to the psych ward, checks with you, and prescribes you a new medication or your other medication. So this means that if you're experiencing psychosis or mania, you can continue to have these symptoms even while you're in the hospital because you have to wait for the doctor to get there. So it was really awful because I was on I was on a very low dose. I don't remember what kind of medication. I believe it was a mood stabilizer, but I was on a very low dose, but I wasn't able to take it the first night because the doctor wasn't there. And I remember I remember the next morning I took a shower in this tiny shower. It was basically a toilet a sink I don't even think there was a mirror and then there was like a shower with a shower curtain it didn't have I forget there was like something about the shower curtain that was different because they didn't want people to hang themselves in the shower because anything can happen in the psych ward let me tell you so I remember taking a shower I got ready and then I was I met with the social worker because they always have you meet with the social worker and then you meet with the case manager and then you meet with the doctor finally. So when I met with the doctor, she basically told me like you have bipolar disorder. This is an illness that cannot be cured. You will always have to take medicine for the rest of your life. And you're having a manic episode right now. And as a 17-year-old, when somebody tells you that you have a chronic illness that will never be cured, you're going to have to take medication for the rest of your life, it can feel like your life is over. And I was really, I did not want to believe them. I was like, for a long time when I first was diagnosed, I didn't believe that I actually had bipolar disorder. I just thought I had anxiety or something. I didn't want to believe that it was bipolar because I was ashamed. I felt guilty. I felt like, well, why can't my brain be normal? Why do I have to take meds? Like, I just want to be like everybody else. But, you know, it's a hard truth to deal with at any age. And so I was going through all of that and it was really difficult. And then, you know, they make you take your medicine and you get back on track. And then sometimes after you are done at the psych ward, they'll send you to a partial hospitalization program. And this is like 
outpatient therapy. So you go in during the day, you have group therapy, you you know, you talk to therapists, you go, you're in therapy all day, and then you go home at the end of the day. But I live about two hours south of DC, and my partial hospitalization, or I keep saying DC, I guess it's Maryland, it was in Maryland, and so every night I would go home, and then I'd have to drive two hours every morning, and to be on time for PHP, but the thing about the hospital and PHP is that you meet the most amazing people because I think when you're in the psych ward and when you're in PHP you're often in a very vulnerable place in your life and the people who are in the program with you who are going through similar things they understand you on a level that most other people don't because they're going through a hard time too they're having mental issues too and they can see you for what you really are and you can be totally honest with them because you're both in a bad spot and there's nothing to hide so it was really cool because one of the guys who was in the psych ward with me actually ended up coming to php as well and it was really nice to have a familiar face we were friends we made friends with all the other people all the other kids that were there and it was actually a really amazing experience so I really enjoyed PHP. I feel like if you're in a rut, I I don't even think you have to be hospitalized to go to partial hospitalization programs, but I really recommend this kind of therapy if you're really going through a hard time and you need some support because it's basically it's it can be really intense because it's group therapy every day for a, you know all day. But it's really worth it because you meet amazing people and you gain a lot of inspiration from other people who have been through hard stuff. And it can be really encouraging. So there were, I want to talk really briefly about a few things that helped me during my manic episode. Number one, if you're going through a manic episode, if you're in the psych ward, I highly suggest you bring a book with you. Now, my favorite books to read during psych ward visits are inspirational stories about people who have overcome something. I think this can be really helpful when you're going through a hard time because if you're reading an inspirational story about someone who had to survive or someone who went through a really rough situation but they made it out, it can really encourage you to continue and not to give up even though you're at a low point yourself. So the story I read when I was in the psych ward in Rockville, Maryland, was about Louis Zamperini. And if you've ever heard of Louis Zamperini, you probably know that he was an Olympic athlete who became a prisoner of war in a Japanese prison camp. And then he came back to America. He survived like he was he was um, stranded in a raft in the Pacific Ocean. He went through a lot. And I'm not telling those events in chronological order. You'll have to read the book Unbroken if you want to know the full story. But I remember reading about Louis Zamperini at that time. And I felt like if I could just channel that survival energy, if I could just channel the energy of Louis Zamperini, then I could make it through. And so I read those books and I decided that I wasn't going to give up. I was going to hold on. I was going to keep going and I wasn't going to let this diagnosis define me. And 
I have to say that if I hadn't made that decision, I don't think I would be here making a podcast today. I think I probably wouldn't be alive. And this is the part where I want to encourage you, my dear listener, if you are going through something horrible right now, I want you to just take a moment, take a deep breath, hold your fist tight and just believe in yourself. I know, oh my God, I'm getting choked up. I know that's easy to say, but I just really want to encourage you. If you're going through a hard time, it doesn't have to be mental illness. It doesn't have to be bipolar disorder. It doesn't have to be anything mental illness related. It could just be a breakup. It could just be, uh, you know, you can't pay your rent. I just want you to know that it will get better. I believe in you and I know you can do it. I know you may not see it right now, but I promise you it will be worth it. And there is a lesson that can be learned through all of this. So that is where I would like to end our first episode of Manic State of Mind. If you've enjoyed listening to my story, please rate this podcast, subscribe, follow, whatever, and share this with your friends. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you in the next one.